This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Brought to you by Scott's. And I'm uh, Frank Proctor, your sous chef of the garden, as we welcome Charlie Dobbin, the darling of the daisies, to once again amaze you with her depth of knowledge oh, and an absolute you. beauty, too. Do I have to this pay is, for that? Yeah, you do. Come to think of it. And we have a <laughs> special you. guest this morning. We do. This is very unusual. We In studio, in we studio. have a special guest. Lorraine Ivanoff is with us. Good morning, uh, Lorraine. I was going to say, good, Irene. <laughs> good morning, Frank, and good morning, Charlie. I'm so happy to be here today. Thank you. Oh, our pleasure. And so, Lorraine, just to give everybody a tiny bit of background before we go into some announcements, yeah. Lorraine is working with me at Canada Blooms. Can you hear my voice? Do you hear uh, how deep yes. my voice is? Yes, you match mine almost. Because I've been talking nonstop. You know me. <laughs> What's unusual exactly. about that? But it, my voice is suffering for it. But I'm perfectly healthy. I don't have a cold yeah. or anything. It just goes deeper and deeper. And I think you know, Lorraine is doing the same thing. She's managing the big celebrity stage at Canada oh. Blooms. This is not her full-time job. This is just something she's jumped in to do for the week. And she's also in charge of and has created quite a neat installation called the New Products Showcase. So she's going to tell us all about that um, moving on. But her real job, when she's not helping out at Canada Blooms, she's the assistant show manager for Landscape Ontario. Oh, wow. That's a pretty comprehensive job. Well, it it should be keeping me busier, (laughs) but apparently I have lots of free time. (laughs) So, yeah. No, I do. I do manage one show. uh, It's it's for the trade, a garden show. Um, And then I'm the assistant show manager on the Big Landscape Ontario Congress show. So I've got some uh, show management experience under my belt now. Well, that has certainly proved very beneficial for Canada to blooms. Mm-hmm. I understand that celebrity spotlight uh, area you've uh, you kind of conjured up has really taken off. Uh, it has. So the new product showcase started three years ago, and it's absolutely... Well, just like I said to you guys uh, earlier today, we have had three live interviews in the new product showcase, and it's been featured in uh, numerous articles and on uh, TV spots. So very, very happy with that. And then I took... Well, the, so, so tell us a bit, how does the new product showcase come about? Like, what do you, what do, you do to make that happen? So to make it happen, uh, we go to all the exhibitors in the marketplace at Canada Blooms, and we seek uh, input from them. So they will uh, send us uh, order uh, submissions, and uh, then we place them. I've got some assistants, uh, Martha Walsh and Klaus Sikema helped me this year. And uh, basically, we have a 1,000 square feet to display all the new products, and we really are getting tougher about uh, what uh, is available as new. And uh, it's available for people to just walk in and see. And uh, we've also got about 12 new uh, plant varieties that were provided to us by the University of Guelph. And they were part of uh, their trial gardens from last year. And so exclusively for Canada Blooms to the public, the public gets uh, first dibs to see what they look like. So when the folks uh, who run Canada Blooms, like 
Charlie, uh, says, hey, come on down, see something new. There mm-hmm. is actually, thing, there are things yeah. new. There. Oh, yeah. yeah, there's always new stuff. But what's yeah. neat about what Lorraine has done is she's brought all the new into one spot. Yeah. So right. you can touch, you can feel, you can read, you can get a real sense. Without walking the entire show, there's everything new in one spot. Then, of course, if you're interested in it, you go out to the booth where it came from to purchase or make contact to purchase in the future. You so got it. Scott's has something new in there, don't they? They've got actually uh, a couple of new products. One of them is the Weed Be Gone, mm-hmm. um, and they've got a which couple- isn't really brand. It was new last year. Yeah, but for the you know the public and and it's also a nice way to reiterate after the pesticide ban um, that there is something available that isn't uh, uh, is pesticide free basically um, or chemical free I should say and uh, they've got uh, some wild bird seeds and uh, um, some. Um, my gosh, fertilizers. Yeah. So yeah, they've they've really mm-hmm. uh, invested a lot, but they're not the only ones. We've no. got Sheridan Nurseries that's promoting some uh, gardening products. We've got um, uh, oh, the big big one. Uh, there are two. Is the garden socks from CJ yeah. Blowers, yeah. and that's really so neat. I know. Look at that. Okay. My eyebrows went <laughs> up. Garden socks. Yeah. It's, it's special socks for gardening. Oh, okay. No way. You don't even have to wear them, and they're so fabulous because it's literally a long meter long sock that's filled with uh, soil. It's like a and Tube. Yeah, it's a tube, oh, okay. tube sock. Tube right. sock. <laughs> but it's for gardening. And then the other one is uh, from uh, uh, Buffco, and uh, it's a backyard urban farm uh, company. And what they've done is they've uh, created a, a raised planter. And uh, it's a, it sits about uh, three feet off the ground and uh, allows you to garden um, without having to bend over. And yeah. they'll even set it up and uh, do the gardening for Boy, you. Boy, anybody with a bad back, that would be really a beneficial it's a great thing, wouldn't thing. it? Eh? Yeah, exactly. As yeah. We, it's harder and harder to bend low. <laughs> Have you noticed? Yes, it's nice to bring the garden up to the to a good height. Right? Well, are we going to put David Gaskin to work today? I think we better. Yeah. So, are you thinking about the phone numbers? Yeah, I am. I am. There are folks out there saying, uh, "How do we get a hold of those folks?" There. Well, here's here's what's happening: Charlie Dobbin Garden Show on the air with our special guest, and the phone number is for Toronto four one six three six zero zero seven forty, and then of course anywhere in the province, it's toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven. Forty, uh, and we'll be going to our callers and uh, generally doing a whole mix of a show here with Canada Blooms and all after <laughs> these words. Friends say she's down to earth, and that's usually where you'll find her. Welcome back to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, brought to you by Scott's. And I'm your sous chef, Frank Proctor. We have a special guest, Lorraine Ivanoff, who is with Canada Blooms in a volunteer position. But we also have callers coming. And now here's one. You know, uh, I must admit that I feel pretty good for a guy who lost $31 million. I didn't win Lotto Max. But maybe lost. Eleanor in Waterloo has the answer for me. She wants to talk about a money tree. Oh, goody. Okay. Hey, good morning, Eleanor. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Charlie and the guests. Good morning, Eleanor. Um, It's my grandson's money tree, and my grandson went out west and left it in the care of his mother. Now, he grew this tree. It was less than a foot tall. It is now five feet tall and absolutely spectacular. Mm. Before he went away, he bought it a brand-new ceramic pot with drainage in the bottom, put new fresh stone in, and purchased uh, potting soil from a greenhouse. Mm -hmm. This tree has developed, my daughter explains it to me, it looks like a little black fruit fly. Mm-hmm. It's not on the leaves, mm-hmm. it's, in it's the soil. on the twisted trunk and all on the top of the soil. Okay, so okay, so I know what that is, but I just want to be figure out what this money tree is. 
Oh, it's got a twisted, it's twisted got a, trunk. a beautiful twisted trunk and gorgeous shiny leaves. They look a bit like a, uh, shaped a bit like a pear. Okay. You know what? I think it's a form of ficus or fig that's been called a money tree because it might have had something to do with Chinese New Year or something like that. But bottom line, the little black flies flying around mm-hmm. are called fungus gnats. So, fungus? But they're not on the leaves. No, nope, they're on the soil. They are an insect that eats fungus. And soil very naturally has fungus in it because of the moisture levels in the soil. Okay. So gnats, you know, what a gnat, G-N-A-T-S, mm-hmm. if you wanted to, to look this up. The trick with fungus gnats is there's two ways to eliminate them. It's a bit of a slow process. Process number one, cut back on the watering. Have the soil dry out more thoroughly between waterings. Therefore, there'll be less fungus and less food means fewer insects. Right. Okay. So uh, tell your, suggest that to your, to your daughter to do that, to mm-hmm. water less often. The other thing is there's a product out there. It's called Sticky Sticks. Sticky. Sticks. And sticks is spelled S-T-I-X. S-T-I-X. So it's it's the little yellow pieces of plastic embedded with very sticky material. Mm -hmm. The fungus gnats and many flying insects are very attracted to yellow. Nobody really understands why. Mm -hmm. There's no pheromones or anything in this. It's strictly just the yellow color. Mm -hmm. The fungus gnats fly into the yellow and, of course, are just... Slammed right into that and can't get out. Okay. Stuck to it. So by killing the adults or by, you know, sticking them onto these little pieces of paper, uh, they are not able to lay eggs. And again, your population will will slowly uh, get lower and lower and lower. So the idea is to eliminate them by stop the, stopping their ability to lay eggs and number two, uh, lowering the food source. Now the sticky sticks, you get those at a, at a greenhouse? Yep. Any, she and, went to a greenhouse and they gave her a... Some type of a lemon soap spray, which is absolutely useless. Yes. She's been doing that for over a month and got no place. Well, the lemon soap spray is going to do a nice job cleaning the plant because soap is just a shower, basically. Mm-hmm. It will kill insects on contact. The problem with flying insects is it's very hard to really coat their little bodies as they're flying around. <laughs> yes. So that's that's the issue. Best to go with the sticky sticks. And any good garden center, even the home centers, will have sticky sticks. Okay. I suggested she take it outside and purchase purge it and then give it a soap bath, but purging wouldn't help it either. Well, when you say purging, the important thing is you don't purge with anything that will be toxic to the plant. So, ah. um, and so of course, that's something that you will potentially do in the spring once, you know, once we're frost free, but certainly couldn't do it now. All right. I'll send her off to get sticky sticks. Thank <laughs> Thanks, Eleanor. My grandson will be devastated. Oh, gosh. Yeah. He comes home in this five... Five-foot plant's gone. Oh, you know it. Better... You've babied it for so long. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Thank you for your help. Good I luck with that. It. Let us know how it goes. I will. Thank you. Thanks, Eleanor. Bye. <laughs> Waterloo represented there here on the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Uh, we're just getting set to take a little bit of a break here, uh, and we'll take your uh, phone calls. We have uh, Dennis and Judy uh, waiting online. But first, I noticed you doing a little stretching over there, Charlie. You know Charlie. what? It's a busy yeah. world down at Canada Blooms. Walking, walking, bending, lifting. Well, Lorraine Wait. would know all about that. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Waving at the crowds. You know, my <laughs> regal wave that I'm always, uh, always uh, you I know, thought it was practicing. the queen. No, it's no, Charlie. No, it's Charlie, exactly. <laughs> that diva of the dirt. So, um, yes, Sierra Sill. 
a wonderful, very effective for me anyway, uh, mineral supplement that I take on a daily basis. Keeps my joints nice and limber. Keeps those elbows and hands and knees and everything working, which is so important when you're doing the kind of kilometers I've been doing over the last 10 days. And Frank yeah. as well is yeah. a good experience. Um, doesn't work for everybody. There is a 14-day suggested time frame. If it's not working, get your money back. But you know, but if you do feel a difference, it, like I have, it's worth it. From so how do you get a hold of them? Yeah. 1-877-JOINT-14. There are hundreds of sources for tips on gardening, but you need only one. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin continues. Brought to you by Scott's. And Frank Proctor, the sous chef or undergardener of the show, helping along here. Phone number is 416-360-0740 in Toronto. Anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And we have a special guest in the studio, uh, Lorraine Ivanoff, who is uh, a guest, uh, well, a guest, a, a volunteer at Canada Blooms and in charge of... Uh, the new product division down there. So we'll talk more about that in a little bit. And she also is in charge. She's the stage manager of the celebrity stage. So, yeah, she's going to want to give us, you know, dish some dirt on some of the celebrities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's coming up. Want to find out all about that. Meantime, though, Dennis is on the line from Guelph. Good morning, Dennis. Morning. Morning. How are you this morning? Wonderful. How are you? Oh, good, good. Um, I have a question about, I have a a bougainvillea. Mm. I've had it in... um, uh, all winter from mm-hmm. outside, and it uh, has a, quite a few leaves and that on it. And I'm just wondering if um, I need to start fertilizing it. Absolutely. As the days get longer, which reminds me, tomorrow is the uh, vernal equinox. We're at exactly Longest no, day? exactly no. half. Mi- sorry, as much daylight as darkness uh-huh. tomorrow. So obviously, day length has increased quite dramatically over the last few months, which means plants are actively growing and starting to grow even more actively as the days get longer, this is the time to fertilize. And uh, what about cutting them back um, um, as they get longer? I w- if you're going to do any cutting at all, do it now. Do it now? Yep. yep. And actually, it's a good thing to do because you're gonna, it'll be a more compact, more dense, better-looking plant because you will force a lot of side shoots by doing that cutting back. And should you just cut right like around all the outside of it then? Yeah, I mean, you could depending on the size of the plant and the size you want it to be, you can just take the tips off or you can obviously go in further than that on the stems. I mean, you can go in inches, you know, to, uh, you know, half, cutting it right back by half. And uh, does it matter? I just use miracle Grow. Is that uh, good enough for the fertilizer? Perfect. That's and uh, I also work. have a fuchsia tree. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we've had it for a year or so, and uh, it's just got stems coming out, green stems coming out from the very bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, should I start fertilizing it too? Yes, but when, uh, it's a little fuchsia tree. Yes. So it was a single stem and had little branches at the top yes. last year. You've had it in all winter. Um, do you say there's little sprouts coming from the bottom? Yes, they, well... The side of, of oh. the, like at the very bottom of the tree of the stem, like, the little trunk, yeah, yeah, and then uh, uh, there's uh, two or three shoots coming up from there. Now they're fairly long too. Mm-hmm. Do you want it to still be a tree, or do you want it to be a bush? Um, it doesn't matter. Okay, because if you allow those little green sprouts to grow from the base, it will become a bush. You'll lose that tree form that you had. I see. If you want it to be a tree, you're going to have to go in there with your thumb and basically just bend those little green suckers back and they will break off and not regrow. 
I see. And then will the uh, shoots come from all over the tree then eventually? Well, similar to bougainvillea with the fuchsia, some tip pruning, just literally the tip, can cause some side branches to be forced out and cause more growth. And again, fertilizer will encourage all of that. Okay, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you, Dennis. Hey, thanks. Bye now. Okay, take care. Here we are on the AM740's Garden Show with the two lovely ladies. I'm, I feel like a, a sandwich. The, the rose between two. Th- no, wait a minute now. Hey, <laughs> hey, yeah. Oh, we've oh, just I, met. I, I just, <laughs> nice try. You see, she's pretty sharp. I, I got to uh, watch is. it here. Yeah. Now, Did you our, like the way our last caller snuck in two, two questions? Yeah, we, that's because I didn't give the mantra. And our mantra is, call early, call often, one question per call. But he was sneaky. He was. He was good. <laughs> just before we, I know you desperately want to go to those callers, but I just want to share one quick email. Yes. Uh, all right. This was, came from Olivia. And it's a good question, actually. She says, as a very inexperienced gardener, please tell me about misting. Because you know how I'm always telling people to mist their plants and spritz their plants? She says, where do I mist? Leaves or soil or both? Thank you. To me, it was just, I, that's just a great question. But I would think. Well, generally, yes. So to the answer to Olivia's question, we mist our plants, particularly in the winter, to raise the humidity. Our homes are dry when the furnaces are on. Tropical plants do not like low humidity. Misting raises it, temp- raises humidity, but temporarily. So yes, you mist all over leaves, stems, potentially flowers on a mm-hmm. plant. Like if you had an azalea flowering, uh, you would just mist the flowers. You wouldn't worry about it. But don't waste your time misting the soil. When we water with our watering can is when the soil gets mo- moistened. But misting is all about raising the ambient humidity around the plant. So that's right. all all around, top, bottom, up, down, in, out, leaves and stems. Mm-hmm. Okie dokie. Okay. There you go. And thank you for that email. Mm-hmm. Uh, C. Dobbin, that's C and then D-O-B-B-I-N at am740.ca. We'll get you to the email and uh, eventually to Charlie. Now, you <laughs> were mucking you. around Thank here with the computer, and so I lost uh, the name. That's what I was oh, pointing so, to, you see. Oh, I see. Yes, I'm now you... around here. Yeah, we here we go. It was Judy that I was trying to recall. Thank you. <laughs> calling, <laughs> calling from Mansfield. Hello, Judy, and welcome to the show. Hi, I think my voice can top Charlie's today. Um, <laughs> I thought it was... To, uh, Charlie, Lorraine, and Frank. Um, I, I went to the uh, Canada Blooms, and that, it was wonderful. I enjoyed every year. I've been going since day one of the shows. Um, I have a question for Charlie, just for her insights. I noticed that there was a number of, um, inf- a lot of information about invasive garden species, mm-hmm. and I see the list seems to have expanded, and I do live up in the country, but uh, regardless, I see that there's a number of plants on there that are actually quite expensive, like, for example, the uh, Norway maple, and uh, when people are buying their uh, garden products, I'm just wondering why the garden centers will still uh, promote some of these products um, or items in terms of uh, selling it to the public when maybe we should be made more aware at the uh, source that this could be an issue down the road, especially in terms of some of the trees and that. And I noticed that there was, for example, the yellow flag iris and uh, a number of others, like even periwinkle. And maybe in a small garden, it might not be that much of an issue, but I guess if you're near a ravine or whatever, it can be. So that's my question. It's kind of a prickly thorn, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's in your court. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much. Well, you batted a neat one over the net, didn't you? Yes, you did. Am I ready to? I'm very supportive, and as I say, the show is wonderful. 
overflow, and everybody should get down there. Especially Thanks. They've never beat. <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks, Judy. Well, save I your voice. No, no, listen to you yeah. on the radio. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Judy did mention that she has laryngitis. That's why she I said, thought it was an obscene phone call at first. It's <laughs> really breathy there, you know? Her voice. You only wish for <laughs> Oh, you, you're getting to know me too well. That's not fair. In, in a mere half hour, she's got you pegged, <laughs> this, man. this is a gardening show. <laughs> Hang on for the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get more of that in a minute, I'm sure. So Judy does bring up some good points, but I guess her real question is why are retailers still selling plants which are potentially invasive? And her point was... If you're living on a ravine where there is that chance of escape by these mm-hmm. invasive plants, isn't there something that the retailer, isn't there some responsibility that the retailer should take? I don't know if you can legislate something like that, though. Sort of a moral uh, it is. situation, isn't it? And it's also, I think, it's a personal responsibility thing. Now, I mean, I hate to put that back on the, the, the individual gardener, but at the end of the day, knowing what you're planting and where... Like we always say, the right plant in the right place, mm-hmm. right? You want to have a successful garden, you fix your soil, you put the right plant in the right place, you do the right maintenance, mm-hmm. and you have a great garden. So part of that research that you're going to do to make sure you're getting the right plant in the right place is going to include sort of learning some information about potential invasiveness. I mean, there's no question. For years and years, there's been plants that, um, you know, Judy mentioned things like periwinkle, but, I mean, one of the big ones has always been agapodium, also known as goutweed. I mean, this is a plant that just grows anywhere, and unfortunately, it starts at one really end. Really invasive. Huh? Well, it w- yeah. starts at one end of the street in somebody's backyard, and 20 years later, it's gone all the way down through every backyard. It grows anywhere, sun, shade, you know, wet, dry. And so the question is, why do retailers continue to sell it? Well, because there is a place sometimes for these things mm-hmm. where nothing else grows, right? But controlling some of that, the movement of those plants can be tough. So, yeah, do I have a, an answer as to why retailers do it or, or really what is an invasive plant? Climate change is affecting, you know, affecting plants, right? What grows where? And its ability to mm-hmm. flower earlier or seed earlier or, you know, expand its, uh, its location. So it's a big question for sure. Thanks for asking it. Uh, I don't have any definitive answer other than to say, do your research and, and yep. use the expertise. That's what Canada Blooms is all about. Well, I was going to say that, Charlie, because uh, that's a great topic. And Canada Blooms has tons of education right mm-hmm. now that uh, people are more than welcome to attend. Uh, the celebrity stage is just one place. Mm-hmm. There's tons of other education throughout well, we the next Four stages Correct. at Canada Blooms. And you're in charge of one of them. The celebrity stage. The that's big right. one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, oh, who are some of the celebrities you've had there? Oh, my gosh. Well, just to name one, Paul Zamet, the Director of Horticulture at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. Frank Ferragini from, uh, as everybody knows, uh, Breakfast Television and City Line. Frankie Flowers. Frankie Flowers. <laughs> yes. Paul's been on our show. Has so everybody he? knows Paul, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And he was, uh, I mean, we've had Lorraine Roberts and Lorraine Johnson, both of whom I adore. Uh, wonderful people. Authors. Authors. And they've got blogs and, and uh, just funny people, but very, uh, just wonderful. Yvonne Cunnington mm-hmm. was there. So as well. Canada Blooms really is a great resource. Oh, gosh. Yeah, and you know, what's really neat is those people will answer your questions even after they've done their presentation. Mm-hmm. They'll sit there and, and, and answer questions with people. So it's a place for dialogue. You had um, Jim Hole on stage. Oh, my all the way from Alberta, and he's a, and he's a, a real trendsetter in uh, for the industry, not mm. just for the gardener, but within the industry in North America. Jim Hole is uh, up Jim, there. Jim Hole is the son of Lois Hole, and Lois Hole ended up becoming the lieutenant governor of Alberta oh. because of all her incredible hard work and supportive community. Um, they were 
immigrants, her and her husband, farmers, right? Yeah. They just started wow. farming and got into the horticulture business yeah. and opened up Hall's Greenhouse. Yeah. Anyway, and visionaries. visionaries. Yeah, she, and right now they're in the process of building a very visionary uh, situation yeah, in, and in Alberta. Correct. And it's uh, being touted within the industry. Oh, Christ, as, all uh, over the, the world. Uh, yeah, all absolutely. It's really cool. Yeah. Who else? You had Meg, Meg Ruffman last yesterday. Oh, my you? gosh. Is you know she Meg ever, Ruffman, She's lovely. I love her. I mean, <laughs> and, and I she's don't. The, she's the, the uh, cool tools. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The gal with the tools. Yeah, yeah. We, re- we Her and I had uh, the same personality, so we hit it right off. And uh, we've had so much fun. And uh, today we're going to have Adam uh, Beanenstock, who's going to talk about uh, children gardens and just uh, building gardens uh, that are sensitive to the community. He's a terrific uh, speaker and just a, a really amazing person. Um, and uh, uh, Charlie, are you coming back to the stage uh, no. no, I Albert- was on stage on Wednesday yeah. doing the, the dirt behind Canada Blooms. That's right. <laughs> and yeah. uh, Adam uh, Bienestock has a wonderful big garden at Canada Blooms. 3,000 square feet, very child-friendly space. To an adult looking at it, you sort of go, it just kind of looks like a lot of dirt and hills and valleys and whatever, <laughs> yeah. logs and stuff. But I'll tell you, you stand there and watch kids in there, and it's unbelievable. But your your grandchildren should be visiting that garden. They are going to. They better. Yes. When are they coming? <clears throat> Today or tomorrow? I don't know. I gave the tickets to them last week that you had kindly supplied. Me. Yes. Okay. Well, and, I hope uh, they come. Yeah. Because I, I was <clears throat> telling somebody, Adam was telling me, a little blind boy was in there with his mom, and he was feeling his way around the garden, and he said, this kid was in there for like five hours. Mom just sat off to the side, and this kid had just a hoot, working his way around the garden, identifying things. There's oh, all kinds wow. of what a great musical yeah. things. Yeah. He said, just brings a tear to your eye to watch it, because he, this kid was in just total heaven. Mom, you know, is used yeah. to having a, a six- or seven-year-old blind child, so she knows when to lay off and not hover. And she just left him alone, and he did his thing, and it was cool. It yeah. was really good. I think this year Canada Blooms has been really accessible mm-hmm. to uh, a wider range of uh, people, and they're just having a terrific time. The yeah. buzz has been terrific. Well, yeah. that's great. I'm hearing nothing but great stuff. Novice and expert yeah. alike. Don't, no fear about it all just being a bunch of professional gardeners. There's a whole bunch of like learning going on. Well, I don't know whether Bert is a novice or <clears throat> a very experienced gardener, but he's in Markham, and he's on the line to ask a question about sunflower husks. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't he put them in the compost, I believe the question is. Well, maybe we should let him well, ask that. Well, maybe so. Maybe it's an entirely <laughs> different question. I, and I was reading his mind. Hello, Bert. Hi. Hello there. Good Good morning, Bert. Good morning to all of you. I really enjoy your show, Charlie. Uh, thank you. Um, I'm a, yeah, we, we are big-time gardeners, my uh-huh. wife and I. Good. And also compost everything. Perfect. Got four big bins of, of compost. The question is, we feed birds, of course, all winter. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I shoveled up a f- complete wheelbarrow load of the husks debris drop from yep. the black sunflower seeds. Yep. Now I have heard, I don't know when or where, that it's not good to put these in a compost. What is your opinion? Well, what I would do, yes, what's not good is to put too much in the compost at any one time. So you uh, don't want to take that whole wheelbarrow load and throw it into your composter because you'll end up with a foot deep of, of sunflower husks. It'll all just turn to a moldy mess and slow down the composting. I see. What I would do, 
because I'm like you, I compost everything. So what I would do is I would take that wheelbarrow and I would feed the, the husks of the sunflower seeds into my compost an inch at a time. So uh, even if it's going to take you a month to empty that wheelbarrow, just, you know, keep feeding it in, process it through there. You know, as the compost starts to get warm up and start percolating away, right, just keep right. layering it in, keep mixing it in. It, they will break down eventually. There's, there's nothing wrong with them. It's just that you don't want to put too much at once. Uh, I see. Oh, okay. I thought maybe, you know, the, the finished compost might have something wrong with it. No. Did nothing the, wrong with I, that. I remember reading or... Somebody told me, oh, don't ever put that stuff in a compost. Well, yeah, you know what? When you were a kid and you used to eat sunflower seeds, did you, did you eat the seed, the husks, or just the innards? Just the innards. See, I always used to eat the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm okay. Boy, that's real that's roughage. That's what she says. Wow. <laughs> Frank, Frank, you and I have another opinion of Charlie. Y- yes, indeed. Uh, okay. <laughs> It's true, okay, though. Thank you very much. Appreciate <laughs> You're it. You're very welcome. Thank you, Bert. Right, bye for now. Take care of Markham for us, would you? Yeah, very good. Um, I see our time here is uh, 9.38, coming up to 9.39. So just uh, just kind of to clear the decks a little bit, uh, both Lorraine Ivanoff and Charlie Dobman will be back in just a couple of moments. And I do believe you wanted to deal with... Uh, an email was it uh, or uh, before? Sure. Okay, absolutely. We, we can we can do that as soon as we come back, and then we'll be well, uh, chatting away. Okay, it's your show. Go ahead. Yeah, what? Just, oh, he's such a control <laughs> freak. Well, I know, but at, it's your show, Charlie. Why yeah, yeah. come to your show? <laughs> now there's a mutiny. Now see what you've started, Lorraine. I was fine when I get a chance to control, but when you chime in, then I'm in trouble. I'm going to read you a quick email. All right. Thank you, Frank. This is from Susan Carter. She's been a, a, a caller on the show, lives in Collingwood. Yes. Uh, we love her. She had the hummingbird story. Remember the story about the garden where she kind of did everything to support the hummingbird population, had a couple families move in? So she writes, good morning, Charlie. She doesn't say good morning, Frank. I think there's a reason for that. Yeah. Good morning, Charlie. I cannot tell you what a wonderful day we had at Canada Blooms yesterday. Charlie, meeting you was the highlight of the day, and I thank you so much for your time, because I'm wandering around all the time, and it's so funny. I mean, I run into people all the time, and they just, we chit-chat, and it's good. Mm -hmm. So she says, I thought you might like to see a few of my photos. She did send some pictures that she took at Canada Blooms. Uh, A lot of it was close-ups of flowers. She's obviously a flower fiend. Uh, She says, I took well over 200 photos, and I hope you enjoy these few. Thanks for showing me what the Cleome looks like, because remember, that's the Cleome to attract the hummingbirds, uh, so I know what to expect. I have already ordered them from the nursery. Take care, and if you ever need another volunteer on your side, please just email me. I'll be listening as usual on Saturday. Thanks again, and hi to Frank. (laughs) Oh, Oh. now did she put that in there, really? Actually, she really did. <laughs> okay. I know. So thanks for that, Susan. Love to get the updates. Love That's to hear awesome. about successful and fun uh, outings to places like Canada Bloom. Absolutely. So keep that mail coming. Excellent. I am uh, the Susu Su chef now uh, <laughs> of the Garden Show. Way down. <laughs> yeah. And we'll be, back. we'll be back to talk to our callers in just a moment. It's 940. You supply the what and where, and she'll come through with the how. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, brought to you by Scott's. And I must tell you, my friends, that uh, both Charlie and Lorena are really looking spiffy this morning. That's from appearing in public, you know. You, you I can't always come in look here. this good. What well, are you no, talking you don't. about? You come in your old jeans and boots and stuff. Pajamas. And, yeah, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, when oh, you had a stop. late night. Oh, yeah. Well, at least I'm not wearing my hard hat and steel-toed boots that I was wearing last week. That's See? See? I, no, I, I didn't fib. I didn't fib. I'm a chameleon. I can fit in anywhere. 
Oh. I, can't, I just don't, I don't know what to tell right <laughs> she's now. She's more like a creepy Charlie, a creeping Charlie. So I've, um, got, I've got pictures of, anyway, uh-huh. <laughs> never mind. Hey, hey, Black stop on material. the pictures. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Joan from Brantford waiting to talk to us here, so we better move along. Thank you for being so patient on the line, Joan. How are you? Oh, I'm very well, and uh, how are uh, Charlie and Frank today? Great. We're great. Oh, great. Um, I'm calling about uh, our indoor hibiscus. It's in a big pot, and we would like it to stay the same size. Mm. And uh, a week or so ago, you had a discussion on um, cutting down the root ball and putting in new soil. Mm-hmm. Should we do this, or could we mm. do this? It's uh, full of roots. Oh, absolutely. The, the best time to do it is when you can do it outside. It is a bit of a messy operation. So wait until your weather is nice and you can get out. It might be April. It might be May. Uh, when I've done this, and you're right, you do this to control the size of a very vigorous plant like a hibiscus. If you keep potting a hibiscus up into a bigger pot every time it wants it, soon it's a house full of hibiscus and you're moving out, you know, <laughs> or you're raising your roof in order to, uh, you know, accommodate the plant. True. So to, you want to keep the plant, you want to keep it a reasonable size. You don't want to have to be just constantly pruning it back and back and back. Lie it on its side, pull the plant out of the pot. You're going to see just a mass of roots. Have a nice sharp, could be a butcher knife, uh, it could be a limbing saw, but bottom line is you have a nice sharp blade in your hand and you just start slicing away at that root ball on all sides, including the bottom. Uh, ultimately, you can take away as up to a third of the root ball, just have it slice it right off from the outside, basically, is what you're doing. So all the way around the round you know, circumference of, of the cylinder and then slice a, a couple inches off the bottom. Meanwhile, off on the other side, you've got your helper scrubbing out the pot that it came out of. So all that salty residue and any kind of mildew, anything like that is all washed off the pot and out of the pot. Use a vinegar and water if necessary to really clean it. Then fresh potting soil, your, you know, your, your shrunken root ball goes back into the same pot. Fresh soil all around it, a thorough watering, and the plant is so happy. Oh, great. Well, there you go. Oh, thank you very that much. That simple. You're very welcome. Okay, then. Thanks for joining us on the Garden Show, Joan. Okay, and, then. Uh, yeah, what is it about Brantford uh, being on the line here this morning? Here's another call from There's uh, some Brantford. very keen gardeners yes. in Brantford. Well, I guess there are. Gene would be one of them. Hi, good morning, Gene. <laughs> morning. Well, good morning to you. I don't I know why I'm so shocked. <laughs> I was negligent and did not cut back my rose bushes mm. this fall. Spring is coming. I need to know, can I still cut them back, and if so, how far? Okay, don't. I, if you haven't done any cutting in the fall, then just wait a little while. And, well, I mean, unless, I'm just trying to think. In Brantford, it's probably summer right now. I haven't been outside for a few <laughs> a week or two, and I know it's been very mild. So your ground is probably all thawed, right? Oh, yes. Yes. And you're not starting to see the sprouts, the little buds on the roses aren't. Are they starting to not swell? Not at this point. No, no, not at this point. If you didn't cut them back, if it was me, I would wait. I would wait till I can see where the new growth is coming. Okay. which you'll be able to tell because the little buds will start to turn red and they'll start to swell. Mm-hmm. Then you are going to, right away, you know you're cutting out all the dead. That goes without saying. So the tips of all those canes are going to be dead down to a point. Then you're, So you'll remove that. The next question is, do you go further into some of the live wood because you always want to cut your roses to an outward-facing bud? So when oh, the new, okay. when the first growth starts, you want it to grow to the outside of the plant, not to the inside. Absolutely. So, and it's always a good idea because roses can get diseases and can start to, you know, get all kind of fungal problems. 
it's always a good idea to remove anything that's black or brown or shriveled or wrinkled or any of that stuff uh, right down to green, fresh wood with a nice, clear, white center or pith in the, okay. in the cane. So at the end of it all, yes, you, you're going to be doing some cutting back depending on the variety of rows. I take my hybrid teas almost right down to the ground. I mean, I, I take them down to two inches, three inches tall every spring, regardless of the fact that they were five feet tall last summer. So, okay. So that's part of it as well as what kind of rows. I'm not sure. All right. Well, don't worry about it for now. Leave it for another month or so. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for your call, Gene. You are listening to AM740 in Toronto. I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden, along with the... uh the darling of the daisies, the uh, d- diva of dirt, yes. And what can we call the Lorraine, uh, Lorraine of uh, the Lorraine. lilacs. Yeah. Okay, yes. I'm going to ask Lorraine a quick question while you work on some yeah, okay. nasty you, thing to you say you about ahead. it. Yes. Uh, what? No, I just wanted to say, uh, here's a good opportunity yeah. just to tell our listeners, who's do you know in the back of your mind who's up today on stage, what's exciting going well, on today and tomorrow? Because, yeah. of course, Canada Blooms is on all day today till 8 o'clock and tomorrow until 6 o'clock. Opening at 10, you got, You want to see the show, you want to be part of the buzz, put it on your agenda for the next two days. Um, well, off the top of my head, I know Beth Edney will be with us tomorrow morning. Uh, Paul, uh, sorry, I don't know if Paul Zemmett's back, but I know Frank Ferragini will be back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been doing uh, work on the container gardening as part of uh, the gardening right. uh, series. And uh, we do have a lot of florist uh, stuff, and I, we neglected to talk about that, but that's a big component of Canada well, Blooms as well. explain a little bit about some of that floral arranging oh. and craziness that goes on up there. It is so much fun. Um, so we've had Albert Grace getting the women to boogie down for their bouquets. Um, <laughs> and they do boogie down. I saw, do. I saw a guy boogieing down. And he got a he, massive bouquet. He sure did. He kept dancing even after he had the bouquet. Abs- oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all about the dancing. Um, but we've had some celebrities come out and and uh, this year actually it was very competitive. And so this afternoon we're going to have another series and I know it's uh, it gets down and dirty over there. <laughs> yeah. Um, everybody wants to win and it's just just so much fun again, and uh, um, we've got again, like, like I said, Beth Ending will be there, and she's a landscape designer, so she's going to talk a little bit about uh, designing and gardening and uh, mixing it up. So, no, we've got a lot of uh, a great lineup, and that's just the celebrity stage. I was going to say, yeah, there's some pretty good things going on. Master Gardeners have yes. a stage, there's a Garden Solutions stage, yeah. and there's a Home Depot stage. So, expertise all over the place. Good people to ask questions of. You mentioned solutions. I'm just looking at our call screen here, and there is someone by the name of Helen in Oshawa we're going to go to in a moment who might have a black fly remedy. So with that in mind, we must prepare for our next words of wisdom from our kind sponsors, including... Ta-da! <laughs> Frank. <laughs> Frank looks like Superman or Ta-da! Popeye or yeah, well, something. I, I'm trying to give you a cue. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> he thinks I'm just like not paying attention. <clears throat> it all started when Elliot first took Sierra Sill. And he took it because he, his hip was really bugging him and it magically stopped bugging him. So then Frank tried Sierra yeah. Sill on a daily basis and you found that your hands felt right. better. And of course, Frank kickboxes on the side. So he's kick, <laughs> kicking way higher. Kickboxing. My Mom started taking Sierra Sill, and same thing. She just had better hand um, feel, like better. Obviously, it didn't hurt as much for playing cards and doing the kinds of things she does. She cooks really well. So then when my knees started bugging me, I started taking Sierra Sill, and all of us have reported really good results. So if you have any issues with joint pain, do give them a call, one joint 14 
Friends say she's down to earth, and that's usually where you'll find her. Welcome back to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, brought to you by Scott's. And Frank Proctor welcoming you aboard the Garden Show for this uh, Saturday, the 19th of March. And uh, in my hand, I have a fly swatter. Is that the remedy that Helen in Oshawa is coming up with? I don't know. Let's find out. Hey, good morning, Helen. Yes, good morning. How are you two good folks? Good. We're well. Thank you. Oh, that's good. Charlie, you might think this sounds ridiculous, but it works. That lady that called about them black flies, I had them, Mm -hmm. and they were just terrible. So a friend of mine said, Helen, there's a simple remedy that you can do. You can mix uh, detergent in warm water and give the plant that to drink because they're all down in the soil, as we know. Mm -hmm. So the first time it didn't work, but the second time it did, Charlie, I've never, ever seen one again. Mm. And the plant survived this whole process no oh, problem. Yeah. Good. Didn't hurt the plant at yeah. all. Well, because you're absolutely right. The, the you're right. The larva of the little black flies is in the soil yes, eating that's the fungus. Right. And just to spray them or get that sticky stuff you were talking about, sure mm. that will get them when they're flying around. Right. But it doesn't kill them in the soil. Right. Exactly. And now, this works. I don't know whether people are afraid to use it, but you don't have to be. I, I tell you, I've never seen one since. Good. Well, there you go. Good for you. And and honestly, technically. Did Detergent shouldn't kill them unless it was just like, you know, some perfume detergent that did kill them. Soap can work, but detergent technically doesn't. Well, I'll tell you, that lady that called it, in about hers, I wish she tried because it, it sure won't kill her plant. It never killed mine. Excellent. And what, was it any particular, Was uh, what was your mix of detergent and water that you used? Yeah, just yeah, just detergent with, the, with warm water, yes. Do you know what your, your combination was, your proportions? No, I just dumped some in and mixed it up, and away I went. Perfect. There you go. It's that easy. <laughs> some I people have that. Nice show. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Thank Helen. you very much. I enjoy your show immensely. Thank you. Thanks for uh, having a coffee with us first thing in the morning here That's right. on Saturdays. Yeah, I love that. Just dumped it in yeah. and dumped it on, and everything died. It's good. <clears throat> well, the plant you know, survived. That's the main thing. That's right. Okay. We got time for another call here? I think so. Yes, indeed. Let's go to uh, Jane in Blue Water. Mm. Where's Blue Water? Are you around? Sarnia? Good morning. I'm just north of Sarnia, actually, just north of Grand Bend. I'm Mm. in the southern tip of Huron County. Okay. Very nice part of the world. It is so. It is. Good morning, Jane. What's going on? Good morning to all of you folks. Well, I'm going to make it quick because I'm watching the clock here, but I found an apple that I really am really enjoying. It's called the Lady Alice. Mm-hmm. And I took some seeds out. I put them in the jar with the paper towel against the walls of the jar, and I have sprouted some. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> <laughs> they have healthy-looking uh, root stems, some of them on them, and I'm just uh, wondering what steps to take, how often to to pot and replant into a larger pot or when to put them out in the yard, but I'd really like to grow some of those trees. <laughs> this is great, a great question, but it is a long-term plan. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind that from sprouting some apple seeds to actually eating an apple can be 10, 15 years anyway. Uh, so that that is just something to keep in mind. The but if you love them, why not? I mean, you've got them sprouted. So from your paper towel, of course, you're going to get some very small four-inch pots, fresh potting soil. You're going to very carefully transfer the, the little sprouts 
just onto almost the surface of the soil of these little pots. The roots will go down, the stems will go up, and you're going to baby them along this summer. You have them outside, start them in the shade, work them out into a sunny, shady, you know, not too much sun sort of situation, and grow them on. Come winter, you're going to bury those pots for the winter. They're going to come, you're going to unbury them or pull them up following spring. Slowly but surely, these are going to get bigger and bigger. In a there's we can this is a kind of a long story answer so i don't want to give you the, the 20 year answer but the apples that we typically eat that are grown locally in ontario have been grafted onto a rootstock that is not the same as the apple we're eating and that's because if you allow an apple to grow on its own roots it will become a huge tree and it will take many many years to reach maturity flowering and fruiting whereas if we graft that lovely piece of apple that we love onto a rootstock, a very specific rootstock, we will keep the tree smaller and we will achieve maturity at a much quicker rate. So we'll have flowering and fruiting sometimes in three or four years by using a rootstock that causes that to happen. But that's a grafting situation and that's where a little bit of research or a good book can help you a lot. It can be, you can do it yourself, but it is something that's done very specifically and Jane, carefully. I'd go for the big tree if I were you. <laughs> big tree, I love them. Yeah, but we're not going to get apple pie for 15 years. I'm desperate. <laughs> I, I should try both ways, maybe. Maybe, exactly. and if you'd probably have the room, you could do the big tree, but it'd be nice yeah. to speed it up. So, so look, if you want to do a quick search on that, that's all it is, is grafting and, and fruit tree grafting for dwarfing. Very interesting question, Jane. Thanks but for thanks joining us. Thank you very much. Thanks, okay. Jane. Have a great day and a great weekend. And where did that hour just go? Yeah, Zoom gone. Well, Lorraine uh, Ivanov <laughs> took up most of it, you know. Uh, You're welcome. With the, <laughs> with the Canada Blooms in mind. And a reminder, of course, uh, you can see Charlie down there and Lorraine, too, mm-hmm. uh, at Canada Blooms Direct Energy Centre. Correct. At, at Exhibition Place. And All day today yep. until 8 o'clock and tomorrow until 6, and then we're out of there. It's kind of one of those shows you do not want to miss. I'm honest to Pete, I haven't had the chance. It's it smells good in there. It does really. Oh, uh, flowers. Oh, well, what, yeah, of course. As it good as we smell, it oh. smells even better. Even better. And uh, the other okay. thing, okay, before <laughs> Frank does anything there, oxygen. It's all about the oxygen. Yeah. I mean, we're talking hundreds of thousands of plants in that exhibit hall or two exhibit halls. It's like so oxygenated. People are happy. It's a smiling. It's a, it's a good thing. We've got to go. Really? Yeah. I'm going to be back at 11, though, with lots of music and some guests to talk to. Well, good luck with that. Thanks so much, Dave. <laughs> Thanks, Lorraine, for and coming in. Thank you to Thanks all of you. for being the sous chef of Oh, the best. you are my little darling. And I'll see you all next week. Okay. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.